0: Hello, guys, the sun is shining, the weekend is upon us. This is the NTT20 betting show. We think it's the sound of the start of your weekend, you'll be the judge of that. But we're looking forward to chatting through what is it? The what's one before penultimate? Basically, there's three weekends left in it's, the EFL season.
1: It's called the pre penultimate,
0: the trinultimate. No, no. Okay. Pre-penultimate. Wow. It is what it is. <laughs> and it's a huge weekend. Apparently, we did a podcast on Monday uh, reviewing last weekend, but I don't remember. Uh I can now reveal that I have no idea what happened last weekend in the EFL because I was busy getting engaged in Wee. Kent on my little mini break. You had to sit on that info, didn't you?
1: You didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um I had to take anybody listening to, um, to the podcast on Monday will know that if one of us, it normally does a monologued podcast. That's normally Ali. But that was my t- my chance to step up and, and dominate the word count.
0: Absolutely magnificent. No idea what you said, but I thought it was great. Um, I'm back almost on an even keel. I'm still full of champagne, but uh, it's been an amazing <clears throat> few days. And heading into this weekend full of positivity. From, from, a, from a, uh, an NTT 20 point of view as well, George, we've had a very uh, exciting week. We've launched something new, the NTT 20 squad on Leveler, yes. which we'd love to tell the listeners about.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, transparency at the top, it costs £9.99 to join the NTT20 squad. It's with Leveller uh, and it is our attempt to create an EFL community, basically, kind of similar to Patreon, which some people may have heard of. Um, Some people in the past have kind of asked us why we don't do Patreon and if there's any way they can support us. And we're just going to give this a try until the end of the season. Obviously, this is the most exciting time to be an EFL football fan. We've got the end of the season, three or four games to come in the next couple of weeks. We've then got the glorious month of May uh, where we'll have the playoffs to get involved with. And if you pay this 9.99, that takes you through till the end of the playoffs. You'll join a Telegram group, which is pretty similar to WhatsApp with Ali and I on it. It's already absolutely popping off in there.
0: It's been really fun, uh, even just in the last 12 hours or so, getting to know all the people on there. We've already got a, a Morecambe fan from Peru on the group, which I think will be tough to top, but uh, yeah, already building a nice little community. And And I think I just wanted to say, you know, I've been thinking about us launching a a Patreon or something similar for a long time because I've seen it work for a lot of other podcasts. And the reason we're doing this instead of a Patreon is I I really think it's a better option for us specifically. I feel like the power of NTT20, if we have some power, isn't just in what me and you do when we witter onto each other, but is also in the community. <laughs> That's why Sunday Scouting Reports have always been a huge feature of what we do. That's why Q&A pods are, are always some of the favourite pods that we do because uh, of the contributions of you guys. So this is a way... Unlike a Patreon, where it's still kind of formal, there's still a, a bit of a wall up, I think, between the content um, creators and those who 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 subscribe, this is, well, it's a group chat, first and foremost. It's a community that that will be a part of, but so will everyone else. Uh, and on top of that, we can provide the sort of extra bonus content that we've always wanted to do, and we can do it in a much more off the cuff way. So instead of posting a new bonus podcast, which you then have to go and download and, and listen to or, or watch a video, we can do it off the cuff. We can do little videos videos little voice notes we're going to do plenty later while we're on the golf course together um so yeah we'd love to see you as part of the NTT20 squad we have the ability to open up a separate sort of channel which would just be for betting we don't want people who join NTT20 squad who aren't that interested in punting as much as we are on the EFL <laughs> We don't want that to take over um, the, the, the main channel but we can open and we will open a separate channel for those of you who want to talk punting uh, in the last six weeks of the season. No pressure to join but just wanted to explain it to you. Uh, it's £9.99. Links in our Twitter bio in the description to this pod uh, and on
1: the Leveler site as well. L-E-V-E-L-L-R dot com you'll find a little photo of Ali and I on the homepage. Uh, wait, you click on that and you can pay your nine ninety nine there. So that's L e v e doublr.com, leveller.com. Obviously no pressure at all. We're gonna keep churning out exactly the same stuff, the betting show, the Monday pod, the Totally Football League show extra time. That's completely separate. This is just a way to try and build up a bit of an EFL community over the playoffs. And if it's successful, hopefully into next season as well.
0: This part is for over-18s only. Gambling comes with significant risks. As always, I want to hammer home the message not to bet more than you can afford to lose. Uh, And if you think that you are getting to the point where you might be having problems with gambling, please remind yourself of the risks and where you can find help at begambleaware.org. Last week, George, I'd say it was a positive week. Um, I'm always pleased when we get the naps up. Wimbledon and Wigan did the business for us. You'd also sort of backed me up with Wimbledon. So it it was a good week for you, but I also think possibly your most painful week of the season, that Sheffield Wednesday and and Wanderers picks in particular, I mean, had you on the floor by 5pm on Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was frustrating to say the least. I think that and pick is probably my, my most frustrating bet and pick on the betting show ever because it was a 7-1 to one winner that we didn't get. A couple of people have said that they backed on 365 where they get paid out, which is good for them. Uh, I didn't. (laughs) And then also to have Sheffield Wednesday um, go one and up, see Bristol City go down to 10 men after 20 minutes, to have a penalty, and then for that to get beaten too. Um, Yeah, I feel like they were two hard lock stories, let's say. But moving on now, let's have a good weekend. Okay, well, I don't think this is going to be the longest uh,
0: description of picks because um, at the moment, I think, George, you'll agree that You know, performance data, even form to a certain extent, takes a little less significance, we think, as the season draws to an end. I'm fascinated to hear who you've gone for uh, this week, George, especially starting with your best bet of the weekend in the EFL. What is your nap?
1: My nap is Oldham to beat Grimsby at kind of 13 to 10, which is a bit of an about turn for me because I've been fully on board the Grimsby train for a while now. Um, But I think, you know, this is a game between two sides who... Um, have nothing to play for anymore really because Grimsby are going to get relegated Oldham aren't Um, and I think the fact that Grimsby are now effectively down should be built more into the price than it is I don't think it is at all at the moment Um, this is a game off the back of a 3-0 loss against Morecambe um, which really took the wind out of their sails after such a good performance and result against Bolton that they're not really going to fancy to be, to be honest, I can't really see why we, we could see Grimsby putting in a battling performance like the one we saw against Bolton. You know, the reaction of the players during that Bolton game, the reaction to the goals, it meant so much, and it felt they were riding kind of a wave of, of hope, which has now just been totally. Um, well, I don't think waves can be extinguished, but you get my drift. Like that, that that's that's gone now. Up against an Oldham side who haven't had much to play for for, for quite a few weeks now. But under Keith Curl, seem to be very, very happy um, playing with nothing to play for. You look at their last four results. They've, they've won three of them by scorelines of 4-1, 5-2 and 3-0. They lost to Morecambe 4-3. They are a free-scoring team playing. You know, you've know, you got the likes of, of Connor McAlaney and Alfie McCalmont and, and Keeler, De, uh, Keeler, Keeler Davis Davis Keeler, Keeler, Keeler Dunn. Dunn. Well done. Also known as, uh, what's his name? DKD. Davis. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I'm never going to say his name on the podcast again. He, um, three players who are, you know, attacking flair players, effectively, who have an eye for goal. Um, I think it's a clash of styles where Grimsby, if they're not if they're not up for this, um, it could get pretty nasty pretty quickly. And I'm willing to take that chance. I mean, I, I don't think there's necessarily a great deal between the two sides over the last however many weeks. I think that under Paul Hurst, Grimsby have been fine. Um but I'm happy to take a chance. This is just it's Grimsby aren't on the beach because that's su- that suggests that they are kind of relaxing and, and the season's over. They're they're going down, sadly. And um I think it's, it'll take a hell of a a hell of a um motivation effort from Paul Hurst to galvanize his players to to fancy this one up against the the, the highest scorers in League Two. Um so yeah, old and my nap in uh, this weekend
0: i think this basically happened last week but i've got a pick on this game it's not my nap but i might as well mention it here uh, it's another overs pick now i was pretty frustrated last week i, I went for bristol city sheffield wednesday didn't i as my overs pick and it <sighs> i feel a bit hard done by put it that way wednesday were one up uh we thought they were the likely winners as you had spoken about they then missed a penalty they would have been two nil up after what, half an hour or so? Um, And I think the the wind was out their sails a little bit then. And and although Bristol City did equalise, it didn't quite descend into the the goal fest or at least the shot fest that I thought it would. But I'm kind of going again on a similar theme and it's on the game that you're talking about, uh, Oldham against Grimsby. My pick is over 2.5 goals. You can get 1.95 at the moment, which I am very surprised about. I'll also be backing over 3.5 goals at 3.4. I mean, you could just talk about Oldham here, really. Like, they're just pure... Goals Like, pure vibes. Their last four results, 4-1, 5-2, 4-3, 3-0. They are the the top scorers in League 2 and the top conceders in League 2, which is completely (laughs) insane, completely astonishing. Best on quest. 142 goals in total in their 43 games. That's what an Oldham game is. As you've said, they have the talented players. They are a constant threat, a constant menace but at the back that they are not able to to stop teams from creating their own chances. Now, you'd be right to point out that Grimsby don't go overs very often, or at least they haven't recently under Paul Hurst. And that's because there was that period where they improved defensively to the point where every single game was low margin. They drew, what was it, seven out of eight um, and the one game they won, they won by a single goal. And it was all, you know, nil-nils, 1-1s. There was 1-2-2 two, two in there. But they were all unders. Then the last few games, they were excellent, as you told us, uh, last weekend against Bolton, winning 2-1. And they headed into the weekend with with hope in their hearts, but they kind of collapsed a bit, didn't they, and lost 3-0. And I just think from a psychological point of view, there's no point Grimsby now, whether you think they have a chance or not, you know, trying to, to keep it tight and try and nick a 1-0 here. I can see an early goal here causing absolute carnage and I can't wait to watch if that's the case because Oldham as we say in their role as the league's entertainers highest scorers highest uh, conceders if you will um, I just think that this is going to be one of those late season games that unravels pretty quickly with potentially very little tension on it um, and I'm expecting the goals to be racked up so over 2.5 at 1.95 is my pick for the show my nap however is Leighton Orient uh, their best price, 2.6 with William Hill. They're playing against South End. And I'm a bit confused about the price because, to my eyes, Tuesday night's defeat to Colchester spelled the end for South End. not just in terms of the league table, which now has them as eight points from safety with only three games to go and the team they're chasing, Barrow, with four games to go. But also, you could see it. Like... <laughs> as if it wasn't as if they were trying to keep it quiet that they felt they're down as well Southend's reaction to going behind against Colchester was to completely lose their heads in the manner of a side that realized what they'd been striving for and working pretty hard for over the last few months um, was was not going to be achievable they racked up a ton of yellow cards Harry Pell tweeted that he had to be escorted to his car after the game even in a derby match with no (laughs) fans I think that's That says to me that that South End unraveled on Tuesday night. I, I find it difficult to imagine they would then head into the weekend, you know, calm, composed, ready to take down a Leighton Orient side, who are four points off the playoffs. Like, I think it's unlikely Orient make it into them at this stage. They've played a game more than everyone else. But you can't tell me that Joby McEnough won't have his team making sure that at the very least they get a win against a team that are essentially relegated. So, you know, aside from going through the quality that Orient have at the top of their pitch, which we've seen in the last month or so, Dan Kemp, Connor Wilkinson, uh, Danny Johnson, of course. I can't work out if he's hot or cold at the moment, but we know that on his day, he's a brilliant finisher. I think, you know, although their form in recent weeks has been patchy, generally, I think Orient under McEnough have been pretty good defensively. They did concede four to Cambridge in midweek. That game kind of got away from them. But generally, you can be fairly confident. I think uh, that Orient won't be conceding, certainly not more than one goal to this South End side. And I think if South End truly have unravelled in the manner I think they have, that Orient should coast to a win here. So 2.6, I think, is a lovely price. That is my nap. Uh, excited about this one this weekend. Leighton Orient in League 2 at 2.6 with William Hill. Uh, next best for you.
1: Bournemouth to beat Brentford. Um, in a tie between two sides who are probably going to both be in the playoffs. Um, I said on the Monday pod that I think Bournemouth are, are quite obviously the the likely promoted side from the four. Um, and I think getting around about the 7 or 5 mark um, about a team that I just think are better than Brentford at home um, when Brentford are kind of 2 to 1. Uh, has to be value. You know, Bournemouth are just wiping the floor with everybody they come up against. You look at their last five results, 2-0, 4-1, 2-1, 3-1, 4-1 wins. They are clicking. You know, Dan Juma, Solanke, Brooks um, and Billing as a front four, just totally destroying everything in front of them. They are the antithesis of what Brentford are at the moment, which is a team who are, are kind of struggling to fire, who we know have the players capable of doing so. But... Four draws from their last five games, struggling to break down sides such as Millwall, who then, you know, the nil-nil draw followed by Bournemouth sticking four past them. Brentford didn't have a shot until the 85th minute or something. Um, and then again, midweek, struggling to break down Cardiff, drawing that game one all, a Cardiff side who in recent weeks have been conceding a lot of goals. Um, Brentford a limping over the line to the playoffs and Bournemouth Bournemouth just wish wish the race was longer because if this race, if you tacked on another six, eight, ten games to the end of the season, Bournemouth would fancy their chances of, of of catching up those those at the top two. So yeah, I, I think this is um, you know Brentford's performance data is still still fairly good. Uh, which might be why they're they're this kind of price. But I think Bournemouth are are, are comfortably the likely winners here and, and could um, could put a few past them which would be an interesting an interesting narrative going into the playoffs as well because not unlikely these two would meet
0: fascinating narrative, George, I think you could go as far as to say. Uh, Forest Green in my next pick, 2.45. Uh, I have to admit, I'm feeling very confident about my nap, Leighton Orient. This one, I think, has a few more question marks around it. I am willing to believe, based on Forest Green's weak post-Mark Cooper sacking, in which they beat Scunthorpe 3-2 in a, a ridiculous topsy-turvy game, that it, it kind of looks like they stole the win, having been both one nil up and 2-1 down in that game. Um, but, you know, on balance of play, just completely battered Scunthorpe. And had they not won that game, it would have been, I mean, a travesty, I think it's fair to say. And mm-hmm. then a nil-all draw with, with Exeter in midweek, which might have just let the wind out the sails a little bit because all of the other teams in the top seven won. But I think, you know, it was, was a fairly well-balanced game. And they're up against a team in Crawley this weekend. Big reason for my concern is that, I haven't been able to predict John Yems' Crawley forever. Basically forever. Forever, And it makes him lovely. It makes him (laughs) lovely to cover. It makes him very entertaining. His chippy post-match interviews are a lovely tonic to to any sort of uh, weekend hangover and something that I love. But... Look, Crawley are 12th. They're on 59 points. Uh, they've played a game more than most other teams. Newport, I guess the team they would want to chase for a playoff berth, are uh, six points ahead of them. And I-, I think it's all over for Crawley. Now, they have got a very good record against teams towards the top this season, Crawley. Something about the way that they play, I think, lends itself to it. But I also think that Crawley's defence can be got at. And I think Forest Green in general play, are still a very strong League Two side. Now, we know that the big issue for Forest Green has been finishing chances in the absence of Jamil Matt. I sort of choose to believe that, um, you know, it's not going to necessarily be the case every game, that that your players are just going to massively fail to convert their chances. So it it, it feels like a, a more risky bet, uh, even at a shorter price, but I do like Forest Green to beat Crawley. Um, I think they're, they're still going to be straining every sinew. And what I should say is, the, the noises from the club after Mark Cooper went out and Jimmy Ball took over as caretaker charge as as expected and you take them with a pinch of salt have all been very pointed about what a brilliant atmosphere, what energy we have, what positivity we have like we're all working in the right direction and everyone's clubbing together you know and to what extent that makes a big difference? I don't know exactly but I'm choosing to believe in in the Jimmy Ball hype train. Uh, his father was a World Cup winner wasn't he so there you go um, yep. let's hope there's a bit of uh... oh Forest Green are on 66 points 1966 oh. wow makes you think That's doesn't nice, it? Isn't it and now yeah, I feel much nice. better about this pick Forest Green <laughs> my next best at 2.45 of course I've also got the overs on that Oldham Grimsby game so just waiting for your last next best
1: uh, I'm backing Rochdale to beat Crew at 21-10 uh-huh, to 10. I thought you might <laughs> Yes, they've won three games in a row. Um, Swindon, Accrington and Blackpool, the three teams they've beaten all at home, having not won a home game for six months. So I don't think them going back on the road should be too much of an issue. Uh, You flagged to me that their data was looking very, very strong, um, almost kind of best in League One strong um, before this run started. So I'm a bit annoyed that we weren't a bit more bullish. Normally we look at that and we look at those outliers and we're happy to kind of write off what we think and and get involved but um but given Rochdale's inconsistency this season we, we didn't do that but they've they've just been brilliant um they've been so good over the past couple of weeks they seem to be a team who have finally it's taken a long long time but um are a team who can now create chances without also opening themselves up to um to conceding plenty as well the games are less frenetic it's more controlled um, and when you look at the the performance and the result against blackpool you know a team who have been as we said many times one of the best if not the best in the league since since october um it's it's so impressive interesting that bazunu hasn't been in the side his international call up probably the worst thing that's happened in his career so far because um, lynch came in and hasn't uh, and hasn't seen hasn't been dropped since beasley playing up front because humphrey's injury is doing a really good job at leading the line rathburn and and, and morley in midfield um Continuing to really impress, uh, and they're up against the crew side with with little to play for, whose performances at home recently have been very poor. The six 0 loss to Oxford, the nil nil draw against Pompey, where they Pompey missed a penalty and had the better of the game. This is still a massive game for Rochdale. You know that win in midweek was great, but it didn't do have the effect they were hoping it was going to have because all the teams around them won, and they need to do it again. But just a, a, another performance like we've seen in the last couple of weeks, and they're they're the likely winners here and the better side that, over crew. Um, and again, as I say, another one where crew not a great deal to play for at all. Um, so in terms of motivation, Rochdale certainly have that on their side.
0: I absolutely love the line about Bazuna's international call-up and debut being the worst thing that's ever happened in his career. Because I, I I definitely take your point, and you could add the fact that his first game for Ireland they lost one 0 to Luxembourg, and and it was a nation a national team in disgrace. Uh, but somehow I probably. also feel like there's probably a level where the nineteen year old making his debut for his country is maybe. also a good thing. And isn't that the the duality of life, George? Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe not good. Correct. Uh, it, for my long shot, um, it's it's centre back first goal scorers. I'm just desperately trying to, you know, eke out what I perceive to be some value before the season ends and we do it all again in, in August and the bookies tend to sort of pretty much reset their centre back prices. I still think that Mads Anderson at forty to one for Barnsley uh, against a Rotherham side who we know are kind of under the cosh at the moment. They've conceded a couple of goals from set pieces, notably that big one for Ostergaard uh, of Coventry uh, last week in that defeat on the Thursday night. I don't see why Anderson, as he tends to do, wouldn't get first contact on a couple of set plays uh, in this game. So at 40-1, to one, I think it's a big goer. And Jake Cooper, you know, our, our favourite son from last season's betting show. He's back to 50-1 to one to score first and um, for the same reasons that I said so often last year namely he's ginormous uh, i think that's wrong <laughs> so cooper 50 to 1 Mads anderson 40 to 1 that's the uh, the holiday maker uh, double this weekend fingers crossed uh, you got a long shot a bonus for us
1: yeah um i'm going to uh, ipswich against the fc wimbledon um wimbledon i think are a better 9 to 4 anyway i mean this is an ipswich side who are just just praying for the line that they... <laughs> Want to end the season. Paul Cook, I think, is has basically washed his hands of these players. And it's a case of his getting to the end of the season and rebuilding under a new under a new boss. Um Wimbledon are 13 to 2 to win minus one, which is my long shot, which I'm backing as well. Um, you know, we saw Cobblers put three past Ipswich last time. Massive game for Wimbledon, same as Rochdale. The the motivation is definitely there. Um and they have as we've seen against Windon, as we've seen, seen against Oxford, they've got the attacking talents um to to really press on when they get ahead you know Piggott Asal um, Palmer's playing as part of the moment as well they're just a good attacking side under Mark Robinson who are very much um, yeah who, who, are, who are pretty confident I think in what they're doing they, they beat Ipswich a couple of weeks ago um, so have that kind of advantage as well it just seems a, a mad price the 9-4 to I think for them to do the same again this is yeah, Ipswich fans players management just want this to be done I think and um and if 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 wimbledon get an early lead and get the initiative i mean i wouldn't even put you off backing minus 2 as well which is uh, 19 to 1 i think it is
0: hello uh, exciting exciting well plenty to be positive about heading into the weekend hope you've enjoyed this betting show guys just a recap uh, george this week is backing oldham as his nap He's also backing Bournemouth and Rochdale. So one from each league for him Uh, and AFC Wimbledon in all kinds of ways. Cooked three ways uh, for his (laughs) his long shot. Uh, I am bullish on Leighton Orient to beat Southend this weekend at 2.6. Forest Green, my next best at 2.45. And the overs uh, in that Oldham-Grimsby game at 1.95. And Mads Anderson and Jake Cooper will be my tall... Favourite sons hoping to score first from set pieces this weekend at 40 to 1 and 50 to 1, respectively. Uh, but just to reiterate the message that we left at the top, uh, we're really excited to launch the NTT20 squad on Leveller. We hope that for some of you, it, it, it's something really exciting uh, already. The amount of EFL chat going on uh, in the group, uh, both which we've been included in, but while we've been recording, that's been popping off without us, has been brilliant. And I think if that's the sort of thing that sounds up your street, Well, we think this will be a great thing to join. We will also be doing lots of extra bits and bobs as the season draws to an end. Of course, we'll be doing all our normal podcasts. But on that group chat, on Telegram, on Leveler, we will be able to do loads of Q&As, little snippets of audio and video content as well, starting this afternoon. So if you want to see how our round of golf goes, uh, if you want to be part (laughs) of of an EFL community, which uh, so far has started really well. Uh, then do join Leveller, the NTT20 squad specifically. It is £9.99, one-off payment. Uh, We'll be going right up until the end of the season, so about six weeks' worth uh, of chat. So join us today. That would be great. The link is in the description. As you can hear, we're eager to get outside. Uh, We hope you have a great weekend, guys. (laughs) Enjoy yourself. Listen to George on BBC Radio 5 Live on Saturday, and we'll talk again on Monday.